Parenting, it's the hardest job we'll ever do. Most of us are tired, stressed, and counting the minutes until bedtime. But what if raising kids could feel just a little lighter? I'm Dr. Hillary, a licensed psychologist and mama of three, and you're listening to the Raised Resilient Podcast, where each week we tackle tough parenting topics, and I help decode behavior and empower you with tools and strategies so that even the hardest moments make more sense. Because parenting is hard, no matter how you do it. But I can help you go from barely surviving to parenting in a way that feels good for you and your child. So warm up your coffee and grab your earbuds. It's time to raise resilient kids. Hey friends. Okay, so today's episode is going to be a deep dive into hitting, kicking, biting, pushing, scratching, spitting, and other aggressive behaviors that our kids do when they're angry. I talked a lot about anger in one of the early episodes, I think episode three. So if you haven't listened to that, I highly recommend going back and listening. It's a good foundation for what we're going to talk about today. And the feedback I got from a lot of you after that episode was, wow, that was really helpful. And I still feel like I don't really know what to do in these really challenging moments when my child is becoming aggressive toward me, right? That feels really uncomfortable. And here's the thing. It often feels threatening to us because, again, our own anger doesn't feel safe in our own bodies and other people's anger doesn't feel safe because we were not shown healthy ways of dealing with anger in our own childhoods, right? So many times our parents might have shown up in these moments dysregulated and angry and yelling and spanking and saying hurtful things because they were dysregulated. And they didn't necessarily know that they were dysregulated. They thought we were doing something to them. We weren't talking about emotion regulation. We weren't, we weren't talking about the need for children to have somebody co-regulate with them in those moments. We weren't talking about that. We weren't having that conversation when our parents were parenting young kids. So, so often they would get dysregulated when we were dysregulated. They would get big and mean and scary. So when your child is coming at you with aggressive behaviors, you might feel threatened if you had a caregiver who often became dysregulated in the face of your anger or who often became dysregulated in general around you. You might feel unsafe in your body in those moments. So that's the first thing we have to get a handle on if that's happening for us when our kids are displaying aggressive behaviors. And if that's happening for you, that's a very typical response, right? If your brain perceives aggression as a threat, and I think most of us, even if we haven't grown up with a caregiver who was in any way verbally or physically aggressive or just angry and dysregulated around us a lot, we might still perceive aggressive behaviors as a threat because our bodies are wired to protect ourselves in those moments, okay? But we need to get a handle on it in the sense that we need to become aware of that process that's happening. We need to become aware of the triggering of that unsafe feeling in our bodies that is happening in these moments. So that's the first piece. And we can do that in a number of ways. Now, if your experience as a child with aggressive behaviors from a caregiver was more intense, if you were physically or verbally abused, I highly recommend connecting with a therapist who processes trauma as part of their specialty. This is a game changer. It literally, therapy for trauma literally rewires your brain so that you are not experiencing 
everything as a trigger, right? Your brain will know, okay, I'm safe now, right? I like to think of trauma therapy as, I talk to my clients a lot about this, that somebody, it's almost as if somebody shattered a mirror and there are these shards of the mirror just kind of floating through your day. And when your child is angry, that might be a shard of that mirror and it just comes into your consciousness without you even agreeing for it to be there. And then all of a sudden you're triggered and responding from a place of fear and unsafety, right? Trauma therapy helps us put that mirror back together. So we know it's there. Our experience is still part of us. It's part of our story. We can pull it out and look at it when we want to, but it's not necessarily floating around our lives, interfering at every unhelpful moment, right? So if your experience as a child being cared for was traumatic and so often it was and this doesn't just have to be being hit by a parent but being spoken to harshly and and our level of sensitivity right trauma is in the eye of the beholder it's whatever your brain can't process in that moment especially the case if we're pre-verbal if we're not talking yet we can't talk through and verbally mediate these processes so you're much more vulnerable to trauma when you're really young even if the things that are happening might not be traumatic for another person. So therapy, therapy, therapy. I'm a big fan. I think we all should go. And that's not just because I'm a therapist. I've been through my own therapy many times. It is a game changer. So that's just my plug for therapy if you are really struggling. And some of you have have reached out to me and said, oh, I've been to therapy. Okay, maybe you have. Have you done trauma therapy? And I think that's a really important distinction. Find somebody who specializes in working through developmental trauma, okay? Because that's going to help you get a handle on these triggered brain states when your child is coming at you with aggressive behaviors. That's not to say that it won't still feel unsafe sometimes. That's not to say that you won't still feel triggered. Sometimes we all do. It is a part of life, even after trauma therapy. But you're not going to be so triggered all the time, right? You're not going to say, walk on eggshells around your child because you're afraid of their meltdowns. You're not going to feel stuck and unsure in these challenging moments with your child. So the other piece of getting a handle on these things, because even if we go to therapy and we process the trauma and we change our brains, we still have to show up in the moment and regulate ourselves. And you might be dysregulated for a number of reasons when your child is angry you might be also dysregulated because it is sensory overload. You might be dysregulated because you're late to something and you have to get there and now your child is struggling, right? In the moment, we also have to employ strategies to help ourselves stay calm and regulated and show up in a way that is healthy and helpful, okay? So that might be a mantra, right? I have a good kid who's struggling. I have a good kid who's struggling. I can do this. These are typical behaviors. This is not a bad kid. This is how the feelings are coming out of them right now. This feels uncomfortable, but I've got this. I can contain this, right? So these are all different mantras that are just coming to me now as I'm thinking about this. And these are some that I use with my own kids when they're struggling. I say these things in my head on repeat to get myself in a space where I can really be there for my kids. The other piece to this is breathing, right? Deep breaths, exhales longer than the inhales to keep yourself regulated in that moment. Take a break if you need to. But 
if your child is actively behaving aggressively towards you or someone else, a break might not be an option. So I'm going to talk about how to respond in these moments. But before I do, this important perspective shift is necessary for us to have. And that is that these behaviors are not a sign of a problem. They're not a sign of a bad kid. They're not a sign something is wrong. Again, these are primitive ways that anger flies out of our kids in these moments. Primitive ways that their anger comes out of their bodies. It's not premeditated. It's not a sign that something's gone awry. It is normal, especially for toddlers and preschoolers, but it can be normal even after that. Okay. So I don't want you to get this idea in your head of, okay, but my kid's not a preschooler anymore and it's still happening. Okay. Sometimes if we haven't known how to respond, we don't mean to, but we can actually perpetuate some of these behaviors. And I'm going to talk about that too. So that's not to blame you. That's not to say that you caused these issues. No, 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 nothing like that. But there are things that we inadvertently do as parents in these moments that can perpetuate the behaviors, right? So if your child is older and still responding in these ways, your child needs more co-regulation, right? It doesn't necessarily mean that there is an issue, okay? Some kids feel things more deeply. Some kids are more sensitive to stressors. It doesn't make them bad. That's actually going to be one of their greatest strengths as they grow. But every strength also has its challenges, right? That's just life. So your child might be a kid who feels things deeply and that's okay. So I don't want you to get caught up in what age is this normal. I'm going to say that for most kids, it is a very normal part of working through their anger for the feelings to come out of them in aggressive behavior sometimes. Full stop. Okay. Spitting, biting, kicking, pushing, hitting. These are all the aggressive behaviors that I'm talking about. And we've talked about aggressive words and those we can count aggressive words in this as well. I talked about in the anger episode, kids saying things like, I hate you. I hope you die. I wish you weren't my parent. Okay. These are all things, again, that I have heard from my own kids. And I'm a psychologist, right? I would absolutely take them for help if there was something above and beyond just normal development happening, right? But that is a part of typical development for our kids to have anger come out of them in these unhelpful ways sometimes, okay? So the key here with all of these behaviors, with the verbal behaviors, with the physical aggression, is to see it for what it is. It's how the anger is coming out of your child's body. It's how the anger is coming out of your child's body in this primitive moment. This primitive moment, meaning logic and reason have gone out the window. We are not reasonable if we're hitting and kicking and spitting and biting, okay? We're not there. This is not logical. This is not premeditated. This is not, hey, I think this is a good idea. <laughs> it's not that. Okay, it's just how the feelings are coming out of them in that moment. Imagine the feelings flying out at you in the form of a hit, in the form of a, I hate you, in the form of a kick, in the form of a bite, in the form of spit, literally flying out of your child's mouth. Okay, I know these behaviors feel really personal. And what do we want to do? We want to protect ourselves. We want to respond in a, how dare you? We want to punish, right? We want to fight back sometimes. Okay, you're not a bad parent if you've had the inclination, if your body is telling you to fight back to these things. Don't, right? To the point, to the extent that you can stop yourself. That's not a healthy response, but it is a healthy impulse. Like it's, it's a normal thing for our brains to want to protect ourselves in these moments. And again, that's where therapy is really helpful. And that's where 
this perspective shift around this is normal. This is part of childhood, okay? So I want you to start to see these behaviors for what they are and to respond accordingly. Respond to the feeling underneath the behavior. Now, the tricky part with physical aggression is that you also need to keep your child safe. But what that looks like is different in every situation, okay? So if your child is hitting you, you can physically take your hand and stop their hit. You can block it gently, right? Just kind of put your arm up. You can hold their wrist for a second. You can also move your body out of the way, right? You have to feel this out. With my kids, a lot of the time, just stopping one hit is enough for them to, they might struggle for a minute and then they're still mad, but they're not necessarily still coming at me. But there are other times that that is not the case. There are other times where my child will be so dysregulated that they're hitting and kicking and flailing. And what I'll do in those moments, and this is not easy. It is simple, but not easy. I will pick my child up and I say simple because I'm going to stop them, right? I'm, I'm not just going to let them hit and kick and flail. I am bigger and stronger physically than my child. And I am wise enough to know that this behavior is unsafe and it can't keep happening. And I need to also do this calmly and kindly. And that's where it gets tricky. So again, this is where having the right perspective this is not personal. It's not bad. Doesn't mean there's a problem. Doesn't mean your child's going to be doing activities that are delinquent when they're a teen or an adult. That's not what's happening. Okay. They have some really intense feelings flying out of them right now, and you've got to keep them safe. Okay. So that's where it's really, really important to do that mental work. And if you are struggling, again, therapy is a game changer here, but pick your child up. Let them know, I can't let you hit your body is not safe and it's my job to help you stay safe when you can't do it yourself. I'm going to pick you up now. They're not going to like it, okay? This is not going to be pretty. They're not going to like it. You're going to pick them up and take them to a calmer, more safe, more contained space. That might be a bedroom, right? That might be a closet, right? Somewhere safe and you're not going to leave them alone. You're going with them, okay? And you're going to set them down. You're going to say, I am here with you. We are in this room because it's a safer place for your body to be when you are having a hard time staying safe. And I am going to stay with you to keep you safe. Your child might say, go away. Think of that as your child talking to the feelings and not to you, right? The feelings are so intense. So what I will often say is your body's not safe right now. I hear you asking me to go away and I'm happy to give you space. I need to make sure that your body is safe first, okay? So I'm staying until they're safe. And sometimes with my kids, they'll move on to like building something with Legos. At that point, yes, give your child space if they're asking for it. Sometimes my oldest really does want to be alone in those moments. Once he is calm enough, I will honor that. But what I say is, I hear you asking for space. I'm going to be right outside the door when you need me, or I'm going to be right over wherever. You just say the word and I'm here with a hug when you need me, right? So it's not punitive. It's not leaving them alone with their feelings. But many times when they're exhibiting these aggressive behaviors, they're not ready to be left alone, okay? You can't leave them alone and let them destroy the bedroom. That's not safe, okay? If they're still in that same mental state that led them to hit in the first place and they're still hitting and kicking and being unsafe, then you've got to keep them safe. The way that I like to think of this is do the least amount 
to keep them safe. In other words, like if you can block the hit or if you can just step back, do that, right? Don't full on grab your child and hold them tight if you don't have to. But sometimes we do and you have to feel that out. I used to at times with my kids do something called a bear hug where I would just hold their arms and I would tell them, I would say, this is a bear hug. I'm holding your arms to keep you safe. I'm going to let you go in just a moment. I'm going to take a deep breath and then I'm going to try letting you go to see if you can be safe this time. Now, I was trained when I worked in residential treatment to do something called crisis prevention intervention, CPI. This is a hands-on therapeutic restraint, right? And I learned to do this while working with teenagers. So sometimes these teenagers were, they never got co-regulation when they were little, so they were very dysregulated, but they were big and capable of doing harm to themselves and others. And so we would have to hold them in what was a very thought out therapeutic restraint. And we had to stay calm as staff members or we weren't doing our jobs, right? We had to stay calm. We had to show up with kindness and gentleness while also doing this restraint in the steps that we learned. So I came into parenting with that knowledge. Most people do not, right? That being said, when I have attempted to do these restraints in the way that we did with little kids, it was basically just the bear hug. But what we would do is we would hold these kids until they were fully calm and could show us that through their words and taking deep breaths and complying with requests, okay? Now, that's a very behavioral approach, first of all, and it is also an institutional approach, and it is not something that I recommend you try with your kids. Again, I have tried that with my kids because, again, this is how I came into parenting. I came in with that experience. I did that for years before I ever had my own kids, and I would do a full-on basket hold. If any of you are familiar with that, I would do that with my kids. And I would try to hold them until they were calm. And it just made them feel caged and furious, okay? So what I have learned through my own experience with my kids is the least amount necessary is the most respectful thing to do, okay? This is not an institution. This is our home. And I am going to do the least amount necessary to keep my kids safe. So if I can step back, I'm going to do that. If I need to hold their wrist for a moment, I'm going to do that. But I'm also going to let go and let them know I trust that you will be able to get control of your body and I'm going to give you the space to try. Oh, I see it's still too hard. I'm going to step back. I can't let you hit me, right? So you're setting boundaries around I can't let you hit me, but you're also allowing the feeling and you're not unnecessarily restraining your child, okay? So what does this look like if your child is spitting, right? Well, again, this is something where if you can step back, you step back. If you need a moment, spitting is really, really primal. And if you get spit on, I have been spit on in my job and with my own kids. And it's a very uncomfortable, primal kind of feeling when you get spit on. This is a moment to remind yourself, use your mantras, take a deep breath and take a break if you need to, okay? Oftentimes, when you take a break and you come back, your child is not still spitting on you. But again, the least amount to make sure that this doesn't continue, you can remove yourself from the situation, you can step away, and any mess that your child makes while they're dysregulated, you can have them help you clean it up later, right? in a very collaborative, let's do, not punitive, right? Very collaborative, let's do this together kind of way. But remember, it is not personal, although it feels very personal when you are being 
physically attacked by a child, right? But it is not personal. These are just feelings coming out of them in a way they don't know how to regulate yet. They haven't, literally, they haven't developed that part of their brain enough. Outside of the moment when they are calm, when you are calm, you can sit with them and say, you know, it really didn't feel good to be spit on earlier. And I bet it didn't feel good for you to have your mad feelings come out that way either. Most likely your kid's going to say, yeah, I agree. Let's talk about what we could do differently. Let's talk about some things that we can do next time when we feel so mad and we know the mads are about to fly out through spit or hits or kicks. What can we do? Collaborate with your child. You can suggest things, right? But collaborate. Ask your child first. Let them give you some suggestions. I'll do a whole episode on coping skills. I'm about to wrap this up. We're getting to around the 20 minute mark, but I'll do a whole episode on coping skills that you can teach your child outside the moment. But you can never, ever, ever teach coping skills in the moment. And punishments don't work to stop aggressive behaviors. Your child is behaving this way because they don't have the skills to do something different. They don't have the skills yet to regulate that impulse. See it for what it is. These aggressive behaviors are simply the way these mad feelings are coming out of your child in this moment. It is normal. It is not what we want long term, but it's normal. It's a stepping stone to learning emotion regulation, right? It's a stepping stone and they will never get there if we can't co-regulate in the moment. And so what that looks like is just to hold space for the feeling, you're so mad. I really get that. I won't let you hit. I won't let you spit on me. I'm going to back up or I'm going to step outside the room for a moment. I won't let you destroy this room. That's not safe. I'm going to help you stop. I'm going to hold your body for just a moment and then I'm going to let go because I know you will be able to get control of your body again. So I'm going to let you try. Oh, I see it's still too hard. I can't let you hit. I'm going to stop your hand. I get it. You're so mad you want to kick me. I really get that. I won't let you kick me. I'm going to take a step back right now. I get it though. You are so mad. I hear you and I see you, right? And as your child starts to calm down, we are available. We are there with love right? We are not going to hold this against them. That is damaging for kids. If you need a minute, take a minute by yourself and feel angry and feel personally attacked and whatever you need to feel. But with your child, do not hold a grudge. Do not act coldly to them or withhold love. That is damaging. I need you to hear that. That is damaging. That's not to say that if you've ever done that, that you've damaged your child irreparably, you know I believe that none of this needs to be perfect and we are going to make mistakes. But if that's something that you've done, especially if it's been an MO for you as a parent, please repair that with your child. That is not a healthy dynamic where your child is aggressive towards you and then you're cold to them. Not okay. So take a minute. Get yourself regulated. Make sure that you can show up in a way that you are loving and that you see that good kid who was having a hard time and not a bad kid who's out to get you. If you're in that mindset, take some space. When you come back to your child, love them. Delight in them, in their struggle. I'm telling you, this is one of the most important things we can do as parents is to see that good kid who's struggling. It's really important, okay? So this is why we've got to do the work, the perspective work, right? The mindset shifts and any therapy that we need to do to heal our own wounds so that we can show up in these moments, these really hard moments. And they are 
They are some of the hardest parenting moments. Okay, I've been there. I'll be there again. And so will you. But the perspective shift is probably the most important thing of this whole area of parenting. I would argue perspective is probably one of the most important things in parenting in general. We were not met with these kinds of responses when we were aggressive as kids. We were punished. We were threatened. We were met with our parents' own anger. These are needs of yours that were probably not met when you were a kid. And yes, we're being asked to give what we weren't given. And that is okay. That doesn't mean you can't do it. Being asked to give what you were not given is hard, but not impossible. It is absolutely possible. And again, we might need extra support to get there. That's okay. Get it. Get that extra support. I've gotten it. I've been there. Okay. So again, these are normal behaviors. These are things that you will see from your child. And you might see them longer than you hope to at an age that you previously thought you wouldn't see that behavior but it is a normal part of childhood it's how the feelings are flying out of them in that moment and it does not mean that you have a bad kid okay so I'm gonna leave you with that but I invite you as always to reach out to me Dr. Hillary at raisedresilient.com one l h i l a r y reach out to me I read every email and let me know if you still have questions about aggressive behaviors following this episode I would love to answer them So that wraps up our episode for today. Thanks for listening. If your child's meltdowns are stressing you out, I've got you. My complete guide to meltdowns will walk you through exactly what's going on and how to help so that next time your child melts down, you can feel confident. Download your copy today for free at raisedresilient.com slash grow. And if you enjoyed the show today, please share this episode and leave a review. Let's spread the word about raising resilient kids. Thanks for listening. And until next time, we've got this.